Welcome to Get Celebritized with Araya McGarry. Araya is an Emmy award-winning TV show host, producer, director, author, and so much more. In 1999, Araya was told she would never speak again after having her left vocal cord nerve removed during cancer surgery. But against the odds and facing adversity head on, she found her voice, literally. And now she uses it to tell great stories of hope and inspiration to help motivate entrepreneurs to earn more, live more, and give back more. Now, let's get celebritized. Welcome to Get Celebritized. I'm Araya McGarry, your host, and I am now, so excited to have you with Araya us here McGarry. tonight. Happy New Year, happy 2022, and I just know great things are in store for you because if I have anything to do with it, I'm going to bring you amazing people, especially some great women that have got it going on. And I mean, life happens, but they keep on going. They're successful. Some are entrepreneurs, some are CEOs, some are nonprofit founders, but they all have a story to tell to help inspire and encourage you all, us all, to be the best we can be, no matter what life throws at us. So it is my honor and privilege tonight to have two amazing women who are going to inspire you to hopefully have the best year you've ever had, to really live your best legacy, and to believe in yourself, believe in, in what is happening to you. It's happening for a reason, good or bad, that you can take it and make it your legacy. So tonight, my first guest, actually, if you've seen my TEDx talk, and if you haven't, what are you waiting for? Go to YouTube, TEDx Araya McGarry, and it's there. It's up. So go watch it. Because at the very end is a very powerful moment that I share because this woman I'm about to introduce you to is one of my heroes. And I'm going to let her tell you her story. You can see more about it, like I said, in my TEDx. But she's here today live in person to tell her story of tragedy to triumph. And without any further ado, I am bringing up a beautiful woman, a beautiful friend now, who's been at my Live Your Legacy Summit as a legacy honoree, Scarlett Lewis. Scarlett, welcome to Get Celebritized. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I am so glad you're here. You have no idea what an honor it is to have you here. Anybody that's around me, anybody that's within three feet of me, here's your story. Because I love to give women especially hope. Because life can get hard. These last couple of years were really hard. But to me, there is nothing worse than what has happened to you. And, and you have bounced back. Not only just bounced back pretty quickly, I think, after what happened to you. You didn't wait years and years and go off in a hole, which we would have given you all carte blanche to do. You bounce back with your son and you're making the world a better place. And you're making, literally, you're making our world a better place because of something that horrific happened to you. So I'm going to hand you the mic. Would you please tell the, the listeners and the viewers a little bit about your story and what happened several years ago to you and your family? Yeah. Hello, everybody. Um I am a Sandy Hook school victim's parent. So uh, very unfortunately and tragically, I sent my child to school on December 14th. Uh, it was a Friday. It was a, a normal day. 
started like any other. And uh, unfortunately, there was uh, one of the worst mass shootings in U.S. history that happened at Jesse's Elementary School, where a former student shot his way through the glass doors and proceeded to gun down 20 first graders in two classrooms and six educators in one of the worst mass shootings. Um, I was a single mom with two boys. Um, and of course, my life changed 180 degrees that day. I found out very shortly afterwards that Jesse's brave actions had saved nine of his classmates' lives. And the first time I went back to my little farmhouse where I raised my two boys, uh, I found a message that Jesse had written on our kitchen chalkboard shortly before he died. He wrote three words, nurturing, healing, love. Now, those why did he write that? Was it a message to you or something? Uh, well, I believe that it was. I, know, yeah. I believe that he had a spiritual awareness that he wasn't going to be around for very much longer. It was it was a message. It was it was a message of comfort for his family and friends, but a message of hope for humanity. And literally, I felt like he had given me a platform and that it was my life's purpose to spread that message. So literally for every single day, for the last nine years, I have been traveling all throughout the world, spreading that message of nurturing, healing, love. You really have. I'm so impressed as I you know, reconnect with you because last time I saw you was Oh gosh, several years ago. I don't remember what year you were in honoree at my summit, but uh, went back to your website, which choose the Choose Love Movement, um, which is so amazing. Y'all have to check out her website, chooseLoveMovement.org. Is I'm gonna put that up for you while we're talking. There it is, um, because it's so filled with all of the things that you're doing and all the ways you're helping with the schools, and you've really done this. But I want to go back just for a second because here you are, a mom, and you go and you find this message from your six-year-old. I mean, what are the? That's not something that an average six-year-old is just doing, writing such profound words on on a message to you. What do you think led up to that, and what really gave you the the wherewithal to take that and and run with it when you were experiencing the worst moment? I, I can think in anyone's life losing a child. Well, I, I truly believe that was a spiritual message uh, because Jesse was a little rough and tumble cowboy. That's how mm -hmm. I like to describe him. And uh, so those were not words that we said at home. I, I wish they were. They weren't. <laughs> uh, he hadn't learned them at school. So just an incredible message. And I saw that message and I knew that if our shooter... Uh, former student, young man who had been able to give and receive nurturing, healing love, that mm. the tragedy would never have happened. And I decided to be part of the solution. I mean, what happened at Sandy Hook and unfortunately has happened over 350 times since over really? 50 times last year alone. How many uh, times last year? Over 50. Last year in 2021? Correct. Wow. Yes. So these are school shootings it's in America cool. and they're all preventable. And so I couldn't do anything but dedicate the rest of my life to keeping our most precious asset, which is our children, safe 
preventing what happened to my son at Sandy Hook because it can be prevented. And so I have worked for the past nine years to create no cost resources for schools, homes, and communities that can keep our kids safe and promote health and well-being. What is the solution? You say there, there's a solution that, that can be prevented. What? Yeah, I know people, you can watch the news, everybody's chiming in on this a million different ways, but I want to hear it from you because you are somebody that's experiences. What is some of the solution or a solution to this that they're just not listening to? Well, I looked to see what they were doing for school safety. And we had been focusing on reacting. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's something called the pathway to violence. And so usually school violence starts with a grievance and then it stair steps up into an attack. We'd been reactive and focusing on the negative, which is actually how we're wired to think. And so we'd been focusing on the attack end. We'd been doing a lot of hardening. We were putting our kids through active shooter drills. And uh, what we weren't doing, however, was focusing on the root cause of the violence. And I knew that if we didn't address the cause of the violence, that we could never come to a solution. Is that so, mental health you're talking about? More? It's absolutely the mental health okay. and wellness of our children. And there are actually essential life skills that are social and emotional in nature that we can teach that have to be taught actually, and I'm talking about how to have healthy and meaningful relationships, how to manage our emotions, how to learn from, grow through, and even be strengthened by difficulty, uh, how to make responsible decisions, just to name a few. These are essential life skills that we need in every aspect of our lives. We're not born with them. We have to learn them. And it's not just about having them up here. We also have to practice them. So this was something that schools were absolutely not focused on. In fact, less than 10% of schools even had programming like this. And so I created programming. I took the best of the best and the most effective of what was out there, including mindfulness and neuroscience, how the brain works, positive psychology, character education, social and emotional intelligence, post-traumatic growth, and more. And I distilled that down into one program. I made it uh, across the board from pre-K through 12th grade for parents, for communities. And I made it no cost because I knew that this would have saved my son's life. And right. I encourage all of your listeners to go on and check it out on chooselovemovement.org. Um, Scott, that is, that's great in a sense, and I love that. But I'm going to play devil's advocate for a minute. I mean, that sounds wonderful that if the kids, which we all wish would have great parents at home, even if it's a single mom, a single dad, doesn't even have to be both parents, but somebody at home, guardian, that is taking an initiative. But what about the ones, like, I don't, I don't remember, it's been so long, you can tell us, the home situation of the the gunmen of the Sandy Hook and all these other ones. I'm just assuming that they're not home with great parents home, doting, you know, it seems like they're probably the ones that are cutting school, not having a good social interaction at home. It's probably Probably a lot of things wrong on the back end. Tell me your thoughts on that, how we could how we could make a difference in that, because the perfect scenario is what you just said. Super great for the average child that has you know a great home. But what about those that it's a completely different scenario at home? That the parent is either not 
you know, absent or a drug, drug addict, drug addict or alcoholic themselves or mental issues themselves. A lot of other things could be going on at the home to derail that whole thing. What does that look like and how can that be taken care of? That's a really, really great point. And the argument against teaching these essential life skills in schools and rather focusing all on academics is that these essential life skills are something that are taught at home. And that home is for that and school is for academics. Right. And, we wish uh, home was for that. <laughs> best case scenario, home is for that. But here's the right. thing, and this is something that I realized very quickly. We have to learn these skills and tools. And if you didn't learn them at home and or in school, then you don't necessarily have them to even teach. You can't give what you don't have as an adult. And I have to tell you that I didn't have a lot of these skills and tools. I had great parents. Uh, I have a college degree, but I did not know a lot of what is in the teachings in the Choose Love movement. So, so literally, you can be the best parent. You can love your kids and care for them. But if you don't have these skills and tools, you can't give what you don't have. And for those parents that don't have them, then their kids are getting them in school. And here's the other thing, best case scenario, the parents know this and they teach it. These things have to be practiced and reinforced. So school is the perfect place to do that. What are some of the things um, that you're talking about that have to be practiced and reinforced? Can you mention a couple? Yeah, absolutely. Well, we have a powerful formula that we teach that helps you choose love over fear. And this sounds like a good idea right now. <laughs> it's time <laughs> they have come. Um, so we teach about courage. Courage is the most important character value because it's the one that underlies all the rest. Courage is so important. Of course, Jesse showed a tremendous example of courage when he yeah, stood he up to the shooter and saved nine of his classmates' lives. That's an extraordinary act of courage. Uh, and we all, by the way, have the capacity for that. But I'm talking more about everyday courage, the courage that it takes to do the right thing, to tell the truth, to be vulnerable, to be your authentic self, to face fear instead of resisting and avoiding or maybe even numbing yourself. And we know through science that courage is like a muscle that we have to practice it to strengthen it so we do things to strengthen our courage one of those things is coming to the present moment where life is happening right now by the way the majority of our time is not lived there uh, and that is the way to live your life with the fewest regrets is being present with the ones that you love and and i can, am wow. very thankful that i did practice that um, but coming to the present moment and breathing focusing on yourself, grounding yourself, getting yourself into the present moment. We also do brave poses, which are expansive poses oh, and help wow. with your executive functioning. Uh, all of these things to expand your courage. And then we focus on gratitude. And here's a really kind of interesting tip. Um, you have so many thoughts every single day, the majority of which we know through the latest neuroscience are negative and repetitive, and that's to keep us safe. It's not necessarily a bad thing, but you know, and your your listeners know that we all have those negative thoughts. Oh, yeah. And here's here's a little way of using gratitude. You will never forgive, forget this. You will use it for the rest of your life. Out of the tens of thousands of thoughts that you have every day, you can only focus on one at a time. So you can only focus on a lower energy, frustrated, anxious, resentful 
thought or a grateful thought. So when you're having that lower energy thought and you want to shift, you can think of something that you're grateful for. And there is always something to be grateful for. Oh, yeah. It may take courage if things aren't going your way, but there is always something to be grateful for. And that literally neuroscientifically strengthens us to consider forgiveness. And forgiveness is such an important part of my healing. In fact, it's probably the most important part. Uh, I learned through the process of forgiving that it's actually a gift that I give myself. It's it's not actually a gift that you give to the other person. Right. It was a way for me to cut the cord that attached me to pain that allowed me to take my personal power back and not let the man who murdered my child have power over my thoughts mm -hmm. that impact how I feel, that then impacts my behavior and how I show up in relationships. So forgiveness is so vitally important. Of course, it takes courage to forgive, especially if the person who hurt you isn't sorry, doesn't care, or may not even know. Yeah. And then uh, the last character value is compassion in action. And compassion has two components. It's actually uh, the identification component, so identifying someone in need. And then it is the action component when you actively do something to help ease that person uh, who is in need or suffering. And mm. of course, it takes courage to step outside of our own busyness and distraction or even our own pain and suffering and inward focus to help someone else. But when we've had the courage to do that, actually, when we've had the courage to be grateful, even when things aren't going our way, to forgive, even if the person who hurt us isn't sorry, and to step outside of our own pain to help somebody else, we have chosen love and we yeah. have actively done something to be part of the solution and to create a safer, more peaceful and loving world. You know, you're talking about the courage and all those lessons to learn that we that are amazing. I hope everybody goes on chooselovemovement.org, the website to see this. And I think about your little precious Jesse, and I'm gonna zoom into you again because he's in the background and he's just precious. So cute, just so full of life. There he is. Oh my gosh, yes, bring him up. Oh, sweet little precious Jesse. That little boy, that little six-year-old had more courage without having to be taught, without having to go through the STEP program. It was there and it came out. And I cannot imagine an adult, myself, anyone that looks a gun in the eye and then in that moment turns around to save everybody else, everybody else to run and stares right at it and sacrifices his own life. And in my heart, when I if I give too much thought to that, I think about that gunman. I want to do some things with that gunman. And I think of you saying, if you can forgive the gunman, we all can. You know, my dad was murdered by the mafia, but I was, you know, 15 when it happened. My dad was an adult and whatever. It's different when it's a child and somebody that could could do that to the most innocent in this world. It boggles my mind. And it's so easy to hate that person. Rightfully so, we should, right? But you have processed that which is probably a, a show in itself to talk about how to get through that type of grief. But did you know the gunman or is there anything particular that has made it 
doable? Because it sounds great in, in talking about that you've you've done it. Do you still struggle with it, or is it really you really have it now? Is there a tip you can give anybody that may have lost someone in a tragic way and they're having struggles with forgiving? Sometimes it might be forgiving God or forgiving the person that because some people are mad because they lost loved ones to COVID and they're just mad at God maybe, or maybe they're mad because like us we've had somebody that's been murdered. So can you walk us through a little bit of what that looks like and how you can help them. And I want to say it's so hard to lose a parent as well. That unconditional love is really, really hard. Um, you know, I, I felt compassion actually for the shooter. And I know that that's hard to believe, but I knew that somebody that could do something so heinous, mm -hmm. uh, remember he had just graduated from that school district himself. Did you know um, him? No, I did not. Okay. I, I have never um, crossed paths with him. Um, but but I knew that someone that could do so something so heinous must have been in a tremendous amount of pain. Mm. Actually, I learned yeah. things about him um, that uh, made me realize that was true. He had uh, special needs and he had needs that were known but not met. He was constantly harassed and bullied. He was isolated and neglected. Um, I could tell you a couple stories wow. like, uh, you know, when he came to first grade and he had a backpack filled with birthday invitations that he and his mom had made, they gave them out and no one came to his party. Um, you know, one other time when he was in fifth grade, he wrote a story and he actually made copies of it and brought it to school with the intent to sell it. It was called The Book of Granny. And in this book, there was a witch that came to Sandy Hook Elementary School where he went to school and uh, she had a broomstick and the broomstick opened into a semi-automatic weapon and she murdered children. Oh, my now, God. That story was seen, it was taken, um, but there was no follow-up. And so, you know, I think, I think, uh, you know, yeah. we, we have this expectation that kids are going to say, uh, you know, raise their hand and say, excuse me, I'm having thoughts of self-harm and harming others. Can you please get me professional help? Right. <laughs> but, uh, you know, they almost always. That, that was the raising of hands. Yeah, that was the cry for help right there. Yeah, there's almost always a cry for help. And uh, and 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 if you put yourself in his shoes uh, and, and you were crying out for help and you were constantly ignored, you can understand how that would provoke anger. And of course, he had absolutely zero emotional intelligence. He didn't know how to identify his emotions, much less manage them. And so he simply couldn't. And it turned into rage. Um, and I think that he thought, if you're not going to pay attention to me, you're going to pay attention to me now. And we did. Right. And oh my so, God. You know, right. we need to learn from that and we need to do something different. Clearly what we're doing isn't working and we really need to address the root cause of that. So and that is that what you do with your movement too? Do you help early, I say early detection or get help? Because those signs, as we've seen in the last 10 years, you know, I, I think people have been talking about it. I only know it superficially from news, you know, hands-on because you're in it. Do you feel that it's changed at all, that people are more hyper-aware if a child comes to school and writes something 
something that could be, you know, showing any kind of signs of distress? Are they better now? Obviously, I'm thinking not because if we had 50 more shootings last year, how good have we gotten at this? And what are you all doing to help? And how can we help you help this situation? Well, unfortunately, in Oxford, Michigan, a shooting that just happened where four kids lost their lives, um, that was an incident, too, of that young shooter drawing a gun and writing down, help me. I'm having, you know, thoughts of uh, blood is everywhere. And, and, uh, and uh, unfortunately, he wasn't, he wasn't given the help that he needed at the time, and there were dire consequences. Um, so yeah, absolutely, everyone can get involved. It makes you feel good, actually, to do something that is part of the solution. I just invite everyone to go on the chooselovemovement.org. There's really something for everyone. You can register. We have a book club. We have podcasts, but we have so many resources for educators. We've got resources for uh, pregnant women. We have resources for infant toddlers and daycare providers and new moms, mm -hmm. uh, pre-K through 12th grade. We've got resources for school counselors and for parents, uh, grandparents, get on there and check out what the parents have. And then also for communities. So I think it's really such an important time now in in our country and in our lives and in our history for us to focus on uniting in something that we all have in common. There is something that is an immutable force in every single one of our lives. We all want and need it. And that is love. Amen. Love is connection and healthy relationships. And the thing is, we are not born with the skills and tools to have that actually, or to manage our emotions or to make responsible decisions. It's so interesting. We have to learn this and it's not hard to learn and it's not hard to teach. And so that's uh, all of the resources are on our website and they're all no cost. So I just encourage everyone to go on and talk about it because it's a movement. It has spread to over 10,500 schools in every state by word of mouth. We're also in 150 countries. So please talk about it. Share it on social media. Let's get the word out. Well, I love that too. Speaking of which being, you know, spreading the word and getting it out there. It kind of reminds me of what we did after 9-11, where it's, you know, see something, say something. That if we're all hyper aware, if our children are aware, but not scared, but, you know, we have conversations. Those of us that are parents at home that were active and the grandparents, we all just keep this dialogue going. Then the ones that don't have the resources, that don't have the loving homes, that have the problems, will be more, will be able to spot it, I guess, because we're just more, should be more hyper aware of what could go awry at any moment without living in fear, just being that awareness. Love that. So on that note, can people invite you to come to their school? I know things are different now with, you know, COVID and all that, but moving forward, people will listen to this podcast, you know, years down the road. Do you go in person to schools or do they start their own movement in their own schools? Yeah, that's a great question. I do want to just back up for one minute Please. and say um, that we want to focus on proactively preventing what happens. And so we want to start in the beginning so that we can cultivate kids that can choose love in any situation, circumstance, or interaction um, so that we don't have to resort to 
uh, the see something, say something programs, but we, 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 they're important. Uh, they're in schools now. They're not enough, but I would say the choose love movement with those kinds of programs are, are incredibly effective. In fact, such an important part of school safety to address the school's culture like this and to create and cultivate a connected, uh, loving and compassionate culture is uh, absolutely the most important part of school safety. So um, yes, I speak, I've written two books, one of oh. them called Nurturing Healing Love and uh, the other called From Sandy Hook to the World, which is more about the movement. The first book, Nurturing Healing Love is really about the first six months of my healing journey. Oh, that's yeah, absolutely. There's tons of videos and resources on our YouTube page. I absolutely do speak all over the world. And uh, it's my favorite thing to do because that's my purpose in life yeah. is to share my story. But but more than my story is what I've learned through my story and how it can help other people. And you really have helped other people. I know you just, you have so inspired me. You know, one of my heroes, you know, at my Living Legacy Summit, I always brought in great people that have been through the trials and come out with triumph and start a nonprofit. And that's part of my TEDx talk was about that. And, and you were just the epitome of the example of bouncing back and taking something so horrific and turning into something great and, and love and still believing in humanity. Scarlett still is just so... It's so soothing to me to know there's other people out there that that can do that and can forgive and can live this life because we all get different cards in these hands, these deck of cards we get dealt every day. And those of us that can do the best we can do and we try to help others because we're all weak in different areas. And I'm so impressed with you and I'm so glad that I was able to meet you and hear your story. So in the last minute, Scarlett, if we could help you, how can we best help you, support you? I know it's a nonprofit. Uh, do you do fundraisers or donations? You know, I wanna help you do whatever it is you need from here on out. So tell us what we can do to support you and your movement. Oh, thank you so much. I really appreciate that. We absolutely do take donations. All of our programming is no cost. So that's how we continue to offer that. Um, we do have fundraisers. Actually, the month of February has been Choose Love Month in multiple states for the past nine years. And so we've got lots of entertainment and celebration, uh, lots of practices and resources that we create just for that month. I'd love for your listeners to join in and uh, and take part in that. Um, but, but mostly just spread the message. People need to hear about this. It's a different way of thinking. I mean, what we're doing now clearly isn't working. And this oh. is a different way of thinking. This is a proactive preventative way. We address the root cause of a lot of suffering. And it's not just about school shootings. It's actually about mental health, it's about yeah. substance abuse. It's about a, a lot of issues, including anxiety and depression and suicide. This addresses the root cause of all of that. And when you address the cause, you can prevent these, these terrible things from even happening. And so that is really what we're trying to do. And we definitely need help. It's going to take everyone standing up <clears throat> and doing their part uh, to 
help create a safer, more peaceful and loving world. I think it's really important. It's the time is now to take a stand and say, you know what, school shootings, uh, all of these mental health issues. I think uh, the mental health and wellness of our children was just caused, called a national emergency. Um, yeah. So we we really need to stand up. Our children, our our children are our responsibility. All of us. They are our most precious. That they have to be a priority. Their health and well being should absolutely be our priority. And so, you know, take responsibility for what's going on in your communities. Make sure that your school has a comprehensive year long. Uh, character social emotional development program if they don't introduce them to choose love there's really no Ah. excuse not to have that now that's Um, great advice great advice because mental health wasn't a big deal before the the pandemic it really is now i mean it's always been a big deal but if it isn't on everybody's mind it is now I mean, because, you know, we get maybe a little desensitized with shootings and shootings. And unfortunately, it can be like too much of an occurrence. But now add that to the pandemic. And now everybody's starting to feel their own children as healthy as they could be and and everything loving and nurturing. But all of a sudden the pandemic hits. And that's a whole nother level of even the healthiest, most loving families, whether it's your children, yourselves or your parents, going through some mental health issues because of the quarantines and just everything we've been through together as a world. So now it's kind of like exploded. So if not now, when? And this is the perfect timing when this perfect storm has hit, I feel that we were there. We did have this mental health issue. Nobody seemed to be addressing it. You were trying and now you're doing well. Now this on top of it, I hope everybody now gets the memo and gets on chooselovemovement.org, gets into their local schools because together we can all really make this difference. I don't know a mother, because I deal with a lot of mompreneurs and I don't know a woman or a mother that doesn't either have kids in school or knows of kids in school or their kids have been through schools. Now they can go back to the alumni and say, look, I have some help. Here's some resources. We need to do our part because you're right. It takes a village for all of this, for the adult mental health, for the kids' mental health, for all of us together. And you're such a perfect example of this, Scarlett. I cannot thank you enough for all that you do. Oh, thank you so much. I mean, the bottom line is this. We can't always choose what happens to us in life, but we can take our personal power back in how we choose to respond. And I'm I'm reminding everybody of the formula that can help you do that. It's how I live my life every single day. It's courage plus gratitude plus forgiveness plus compassion and action. You can actually do them in that order and it flows and it gives you your personal power back. Remember that it is a choice. Scarlett, well said. Love is a choice. Forgiveness is a choice. Courage, gratitude, all choices. And we can all choose those today. Scarlett, thank you so much for being my very special guest tonight on this show. I absolutely adore you. You have given words of wisdom to so many and hope. So I hope today you all choose love, choose gratitude, choose to make a difference. And I hope everyone will get into a school near them right now, whether you have kids or not, whether you're a grandparent, a parent, a teenager, get into some schools today and introduce them to choose love movement.org and see what kind of rapid fire you can start 
for the good of the world. There's enough bad going on real fast. How about counteracting it with some really good this time? Scarlett, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Love you. Love you too. Thanks for listening to Get Celebritized with Araya McGarry. We hope this episode inspires you to earn more, live more, and give back more. To learn more about Araya, visit her website, arayamagari.com. And make sure to follow her at Araya McGarry Productions on Instagram. And join her on Clubhouse at Celebritize Your Business. And don't forget to rate and review this podcast. Thanks again for listening to Get Celebritized with Araya McGarry.